Hi everyone, welcome to Red Voices. My name's Ewan, and thanks as ever for stopping by. So, you might be wondering what on earth this episode is, given that United Caesar is long over. So here it is. This is the first in a new series that we're doing called United and Me, in which we talk to friends and fans from Manchester and all over the world about their experiences watching Manchester United over the years, what this club means to them and what it means to follow the club. We want to share stories, memories and get an in-depth look at why United means so much to so many people. So, with no more delay from me, here's episode one. Hope you enjoy it. Cantona and Giggs were my first heroes, really. I was like 11 at the time, so it was like something to aspire to, and it was so exciting. the history, the shared history, so the thing that you can't give it up, it's always there. So this week we're talking to Wayne Barton, author of several Manchester United books and uh, webmaster of several Manchester United websites. There's podcasts, there's match reviews, there's articles, there's several excellent books about the club and the Too Good to Go Down documentary recently. So a lot of United related stuff. What actually got you started on Manchester United? Um, I think, well, I was, you know, when I was very young, the family... Well, some of the family were into into football in United. I wasn't really heavily into football as a kid. My first memories are kind of like, you know, the 1985 Cup Final mm. um, and the 1990 Cup Final as well. But I really started following a little bit after that. So in 1991 would have been my first sort of memories of it. Because, I mean, as a kid, I wasn't the typical one. I was, like, into wrestling and, and a few different things like that. And... And writing, but then yeah, in my sort of adolescence, I um, became a big fan. I mean, Cantona and Giggs were my first heroes, really. So, what was the the big moment that you can remember from your childhood around sort of the ninety one era? So that was sort of European uh, Cup Winners Cup final era, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Funnily enough, I mean, I worked with Clayton Blackmore a couple couple of years ago doing his book, and yeah, that's mostly my sort of introduction to it. So. You know, his great goals in that season. It was a bit weird to be sort of reliving that journey, really. Um, so that, that's kind of like my, um, that, that was my introduction to it, or, or at least my earliest memories of really following United, you know, and um, yeah, it was a good good place to start, really. What about your first memories of going to a game then, specifically? Because, you know, you've, you've been going to watch games for now the best part of plus 20 years. So, what would you say are your earliest memories of sort of rocking up to old traffic? You remember your first game? What was it? Who were you with? Did we win for a start? Yeah, so my um, my first game was '85, the cup final. We were taken there, um, but like I was too young to to know anything of that, you know. But when we um, my my first actual memory of going, because it was my granddad who supported United, and he was sort of too old after that to take us, and we lived in Sheffield anyway, so 
and it was a bit of a trek to get there. So it wasn't until I was old enough to go myself. I mean, my dad always said that he would take us, but he wasn't really interested in football. So we had to wait until we were old enough to go ourselves. And the first time we went, we were at, I was actually in the away end. Um, mm. It was Sheffield Wednesday in 96, and we hammered him 6-1. And <laughs> I just remember being... I mean... Wednesday had, had a, a decent record against us around the time. They always seem to beat us at Hillsborough or get good results against us at Hillsborough. So, um, yeah, it was a bit weird to be sat in that end when we won 6-1 and not being able to celebrate that much. And um, I think they, I think David Pleat was the manager for them and he, he got sacked straight after. I actually went to a few reserve games at Hillsborough to see United play. So I saw a lot of the, you know, the sort of Terry Cooks and John Curtis's and even a little bit before that, the sort of 93 film level team, um, those kind of guys breaking through as well. Um, watching those games because Wednesday played at Hillsbury in their reserve games. Yeah, but the first one I went to by myself, I actually went with my brother um, and my friend. My brother's obviously is a United fan as well, but our friend was a, a Wednesday fan and he wasn't very happy about, about that. But, uh, you know, all good fun. What was it specifically about United that sort of grabbed you? Because you've made... Uh, somewhat of a living of actually writing about United as your career. You know, you've written several books. You've got another one coming out, which we'll talk about later on. What is it specifically about United that really gives you such a buzz and give, what makes you want to write so much? Oh, it's a, what a great question. I think the earliest thing was, first of all, I mean, I was born into it in a way. So, you know, I didn't have the choice of supporting them. But what I enjoyed watching about them was, especially in, in sort of my adolescence, was because Ryan Giggs was my first real hero in like 91, 92, and I was like 11 at the time, so it was like something to aspire to, and it was so exciting to watch, and everyone was calling him the next George Best and the best player in the country and everything like that. So it was it was that kind of thing that was so exciting to watch, and when I was a young lad, there was a lot of fast runners in our in our family, a lot of actual, not professional, but they, they would run for county and everything like that. So I was quite fast myself. I don't know if it was a genetic thing. So I would sort of model my own play on gigs and everything. Um, <laughs> and then Canton now came along and changed everything again. And you were so, going around with collars turned up, I'm assuming, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, why not? I mean, that's if he did it, then everyone had to follow, right? Oh, well, all our generation, anyway. But, oh, yeah, I got my head kicked in a few times for that at school, thinking I was Canton now. But, um, but yeah, I think it was the exciting play, really. And then, I mean, over time, as, as that's evolved, I mean, I've been so interested in our heritage. I've been a bit of a nerd like that. I mean, I think when I was at college, they had, it was coming up to the 40th anniversary of the Munich disaster. So I did like an example program for a testimonial. Um, I think they were actually, they did a testimonial that year as well, but I did it based on like what my idea of a testimonial would be. So I, that was my first introduction into learning about the history of the club. On, on such a big scale. Um, and from then on, really, I've been interested in how it came to be. But I, under under Fergie, because it was his own thing and it was evolving all the time, there wasn't really that much need to be that nostalgic because it was all happening now. Whereas in the sort of like last seven or eight years, or as you get older, you tend to be more nostalgic. We had like a lean period at the, I mean, lean period 2003 to 2006 without winning a league, and we still won um, a couple of trophies in there. So I, I think it's a more recent thing where I've been more nostalgic and more interested in the sort of derivation of how, how that sort of philosophy of exciting football came to be. Um, it's like anything, though, when you study it on a more intrinsic level, it becomes 
fascinating, but also taking the magic away out of you a little bit. It's, it's magic when you don't know how these things happen. The United history is so rich that it's always fascinating. Every day is an experience. What's uh, What's been your favourite memory of going back into the archives and interviewing all these former players and figures at the club? Oh, I don't know. I, I had a real blast doing the Jimmy Murphy book um, because of all the people I got to talk to for that. I mean, I, I spent an hour with Sir Alex Ferguson um, talking about the culture of the club and, you, you know what I mean, all that sort of stuff, which is just priceless memories. Um, and being able to talk about it and present my own ideas like of the things that Jimmy contributed and and then for Fergie to sort of verify the things I was saying and you know, give me some vindication on it. it made me feel like I understood it. He was giving me the pat on the back for even said well done son at the end, you know, like he used to do with the interviewers. I felt like he'd given me this like um big pat on the back about knowing things about the club that I support, which is just surreal i mean that that's one thing working with the various people from the time before i was born you know those kind of players and learning more about possibly the unfashionable time in the club in the 70s it's been really really rewarding on a personal level it's just i mean every everything's brilliant because because it's so indulgent you know because i I support the club so there's apart from maybe william prunier there's not a bad person to talk to about it you know um it's all brilliant and you generally do find because all these um different people that you talk to have had their own experiences that um you find something new out every time so it's um yeah it really is fascinating so what's a typical experience of watching united like for you these days it's difficult because I am um, where I am. Um, I work. Um, I used to have a season ticket, but gave that up um, due to those finances and you know a few other things. From that point, I mean, that last sort of six or seven years, it's been very different because um, because I've been working a lot and um, been abroad a lot as well. So obviously, if I if I watch it at home um, or if I'm watching it in England, then it depends where I am. I'm just watching it like a regular armchair fan, I guess. Um, if I can't get to the game. Other times, I really, it's weird, you know, getting up in LA and, and watching it at six o'clock in the morning is, it's not that difficult to get sights up for a um, sort of Liverpool game. I think there's been a couple of times where we've played Liverpool or City, it's been a really early kickoff when I've been in America. And um, I'm kind of thankful for that, especially the Liverpool ones, because you don't have all the sort of three or four hours in the morning getting hit up and concerned about it, you know what I mean? You just turn on the TV and it's there. It is a bit weird. Um, I try, I mean, there's been a few times where I've tried to go, but I don't, I'm not one of those who will seek out, I say this and I've been trying to make more of an effort to do it. I've not generally been one of those that will seek out the local United bars if I've been away. Like I said, I've been trying to tr- um, change that. So when I've been out, when I've, say I've been in a bar in New York and watched, I think that's where I watched the... Um, Celta Vigo semi-final a couple of years ago. Um, Yeah, that was on my birthday as well. It was a very, very um, difficult one (laughs) to sit through. But, you know, we went through, so it was a celebration of sorts. But, yeah, so these little little weird things like that and the time differences, it makes it a bit different um, and actually makes me more appreciative of, you know, what everyone goes through through the world. I've got friends in Australia who get up at... It's like 3 a.m. to watch it. It's mental. You can't discount that dedication, really. And I know that I'm not discounting anything about the local support. It's absolutely, you know, it's great. And the away support, I think, is the best in the world. For, you know, for United, it's brilliant. But but the the support around the world, you shouldn't take anything away from the lens that some people go to to, to watch the team. It's brilliant. No, no, for sure. 
What about your favourite memory from actually watching United over the years? Can you pick one out from the list? Oh, um, no, I can't because there's too many. Um, like we were saying, we were saying earlier about you know the richness of the club's history. I mean, I've got memories of my adolescence. I remember when Giggs scored the goal against QPR. That was amazing. And it's just, it was just so brilliant. And I remember I've never tried to recreate a goal as often as that. Um, it was just brilliant. And then Cannon did that Wimbledon goal a couple of weeks later. And those two goals, apart from when Giggs did the Arsenal one a few years later, because Giggs and Cannon are my favourite players and then Cannon are retired. So that became just Giggs by himself. And, um, when Giggs scored their goal against Arsenal, it was like, oh my god, he scored this like my favourite player he scored the best goal of all time kind of thing. It was, it was really good. So that that was amazing. Uh, the treble, I mean, speaks for itself. Cause it's an obvious one, but there are other less obvious ones. Like nobody would care about the two thousand and eight Charity Shield, for example, Community Shield as it was, and the, the Portsmouth game. But I went to that with my um, then girlfriend and. And brother, well, soon to be brother-in-law, but my, my girlfriend at the time didn't know that I was coming back down to London a couple of days later to propose to her. Um, so there's a real romantic thing about that. And we drew that nil-nil. It was a terrible game, but I've got really fond memories of it. Do you know what I mean? So there are mm-hmm. a few things like that as well. And my birthday's been really lucky. For, for I know I've complained about the Celta Vigo one, but I've, I've had the, the 1996 FA Cup final was on my birthday when Cadena scored against Liverpool. And then a year later, he retired <laughs> with his last game on my birthday. And in 2008, um, we we won the league on my birthday as well we, with Rangig scoring. So I've had some really, really good memories, um, personal as well as the, the obvious ones, what everyone can indulge in. Um, but I, we've all got them. You must have them. You know what I mean? It's just so many because we've been so lucky, which um, I know we've got a lot to grumble about the last six or seven years, but... Um, I think we've been spoiled enough. I still want to be spoiled more, but you know, um, yeah, we've we've been spoiled enough to be. We've got so much choice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got very, very lucky. The treble was on my birthday <laughs> when I was twelve. It was wow. uh, a bit of an amazing day. I mean, you know, it's nice to share a birthday with some Matt Busby, regardless. But you know, yeah. to uh, see us lifting the. You know, Champions League trophy, which is a trophy that United were pushing so hard for at that time, and having you know gone several years without not really quite getting it in Europe, and to get it in such a fashion, even though I was twelve, that's that's still right up there. So saying this to me, you probably never match it, will you? you no. Um, which is, it's one of those double-edged things again. You know, yeah, you won't ever match it, but what a thing to sort of experienced and and because it is part of you now isn't it you know you'll always think of your birthday and that will always be part of it so it is amazing that kudos to our parents for having made babies indeed best kind of babies personally i mean i think (laughs) one of the things that gets me thinking in particular about united in the modern day context is i think i appreciate our triumphs and our victories a little bit more than when i was a little younger you know we, we haven't necessarily had six years of absolute famine you know we've We've won three trophies and been yeah. to, what, four or five finals. So it's not like we've had an absolutely terrible time of it in comparison with other teams. Mm-hmm. It's just that it's nowhere near the level of success that we were enjoying for like 20 plus years previously. So I guess these days it makes me a little bit more, not so much wistful, but pleased to experience what we experienced when we had it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and because it was part of those formative years as well, you know, that all that success was there and it's... It gives it a, a more a romantic tinge. But I think you're right about the last six years. That's something that I always try and 
social media is an echo chamber at the best of times and can be a bit of a cesspit, but you try and have a balance. I know you're the same. You try and keep this balanced perspective of it. And, you know, like you just said there, I mean, a lot of clubs historically would swap the last six years with our last six years with anything they've achieved. I mean, Arsenal have only been to a couple of European Cup finals ever. I mean, European finals. They're, I know that they're going to one, but I mean, I think the Cup Winners' Cup in, nine, was it 94, when they won the Cup Winners' Cup, which is the biggest night in their history, which is the equivalent of our Europa League. I know they, they, I was going to say they won it with more style, they probably didn't. <laughs> that 1994 Arsenal side was just as big a drag to watch as <laughs> our Mourinho team, wasn't it? But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? You see, that's the context of it, is that, you know, there's only one club in in England that have got an history that matches ours and this one club in England at the moment who are doing things that um got two I guess if you you've got to include Liverpool in it now that are really succeeding. I mean Chelsea are in a transitional uh, period, so are Arsenal. We're all trying to find our way in that. Um so yeah, it is about perspective and and it does make you appreciate it um a little bit more. Like the FA Cup final was really special um, when we won it under Louis Van Gaal. But trust United to, um, as they always do, spoil it by unceremoniously. I mean, I, you know, you probably should have gone anyway, Louis Van Gaal, but it was so um, out of order to do it the way that we did. It was, you know, it's those little kind of things that make you fall out of love with the club a little bit. Um, mm. But yeah, I'm going on a tangent there. It's no, it's fine, mate. I mean, that kind of leads me on nicely to my last question. Um, what is it that keeps you coming back? I think it's the... I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, it's just this, I think it's the history, the shared history. It's the thing that you can't give it up. It's always there. It's kind of a hobby, I guess, isn't it? But it's. I think for me, it's the intrigue. And I know a lot of people are, are upset and are frustrated, but I like the sort of mechanical structure of, are we going to get back to that? Are we going to break it down and go back? And then all this talk about our identity and everything like that. And and how far away that we've strayed from it, and these different managers and their own philosophies and everything, and and how that marries or doesn't marry with what United are historically known for, and all of that is interesting to me. I mean, is some of the football has been absolutely dreadful. I remember nearly falling asleep up um, in I think it was Southampton under Louis Van Gaal, which and I, I loved Louis as uh, as a person. He was brilliant, but. I remember nearly falling asleep in, in that Southampton home game where we lost against them, I think. I don't even know if we had a shot on goal in that. It was absolutely terrible. Some of the football has been dreadful, but once you're not watching the football and analysing where where we're going wrong and how far we are from it, I mean, it's not fun to dwell on what we're doing wrong because there's a lot of it, but it's interesting to see how far we are away from it and and the attempts that we're doing to do it right, not that we're doing much to do it right. You look at the personnel rather than the way that it's run. Um, as a club, you look at the people within it. And, I mean, you know, because we've followed each other for a long time on social media, I will try and find the good in anything. So mm-hmm. I was even trying to be positive about Jose Mourinho until he, he burned it down for the last three months. And I was trying to see the sort of positives in what he was trying to do. Um, I'm, I try and be like that. I was still like that with Louis van Gaal till the day that he was sacked. The only person that I've really known that it wasn't going right for was Moyes from about you know Christmas. It was like obvious that it was it was irretrievable. I mean, and that was sounds so harsh because it was only three or four months that he'd had in charge, and they were all kind of understandable little errors really that he made. But um, yeah, it's a weird one. What does keep you coming back? It's 
I think it's the the little moments. I mean, United still do try and do things right, even under Mourinho. You know, like we still give him Rashford a chance and still give him Lingard a chance, and those little things. I know they're not the most likable of players to the United fan base, but they still that's where the connection is with the club, and um, it's those little bits that can get you off your seat, and that's what it's there for. I mean, unfortunately, we can't just you know it's sacrilege to go changing teams and know what I want to really. Um, and you're left with this weird poisonous attitude where sickening to see Liverpool and Man City playing so well and you try and find fault in it. And the truth is, you know, we do aspire to be like them and you want to be, um, not like them, but you aspire to... You want to get sacked for saying something like that, mate. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, but not, you aspire to be as good as them and to play good football in our own way. Do you know we can we can appreciate what they're doing in their own way, and we can look at what we're doing and and hope that we can improve that with our own identity as well. And and yeah, I guess it is part of hoping that it will come good and trying to see where it will come good. The optimism that you have in that, even though it's um, damned in a way, you know, when you're watching United, and you, it, it feels like it's hopeless at the minute. Not at the minute, but for a long time over the last six years. But yeah, it's a tough one. Why do you keep coming back? What, me personally? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's just because, I mean, part of it is just complete self-punishment, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of an intangible thing with United. You know, it's always been a part of my football-watching life since I was sort of six or seven. You know, I've followed United through varying sort of levels of... Uh, obsession as I've gotten older and it's just become such a part of my routine you know it's a part of what I do week in week out you know I think a lot about the club I think about who we're going to sign who we're going to let go games coming up what we can do I I think it's partially as well just the connection that helps you feel a little bit connected to something bigger a bit more important than yourself you know it's an amazing club to be a part of when everything is working right and even when it isn't you know we still have tremendous moments like we've had this season where we'll go off to Paris Saint-Germain and and even in the midst of the worst season I can remember with maybe the last sort of 20 years all you know from top to bottom you still get amazing moments like that night in Paris where you feel like United can achieve anything and few clubs in my experience really give you that persistent and consistent feeling that anything can be achieved and we can do special things and it's that sort of intangible quality that I think that still keeps me coming back. Maybe, maybe it's all the, um, the social aspects of it. You could, I just do a great podcast. Um, and so you do that every week and it's something to talk about with, you know, like-minded people, you know, and I, I'm lucky. I, I do podcasts myself and, you, you know, to be able to talk to other people about United is a, is a good thing and it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so there is that social aspect as well as, as depressing as the, the football is. You can always, I mean, we normally end up reminiscing <laughs> on our stuff, but, um, uh, but that's part of the fun of it. Um, and it is, yeah, for me, while you were saying that, I think it dawned on me that probably the biggest the biggest thing at the moment is the social aspects of it. Um, but, you know, it will come good again. I'm sure it will. Absolutely. So what have you been working on that you would like to make a quick mention of and what have you previously been working on that you'd also like to mention, Wayne? <laughs> um, actually, do you know what? I I know that the the plug that I should be giving is for the a book that's coming out in August called Red Print, which is 
um, a look at United Pulse Ferguson and analysing where we went wrong so many times on sort of a tactical and a personnel level and, you know, the transfers and, and how we've been run from top to bottom, really, and, and how close we were, how close any of the managers were to getting it right. Um, and I think I've been balanced with all of the managers in there. I think I've been fair. Um, a lot of people think on social media when they they look at the things that I've said that they feel that like I might have been given too much um, praise to one manager or another or being too critical of one manager or another. I think I've been balanced the entire way through. I've certainly not um, given any... I don't think I've let anyone off. And I've not tried to be too unnecessarily harsh, but I think I've been fair with that. So that that's how in, in August. And it's been, that, been fairly depressing to write, to be honest, um, because as interesting as it, you know, it is... Um, I think it's the if it doesn't have a happy ending as this one doesn't, then um, it's difficult to know when to conclude it. Um, and I was hoping that Ollie would bring us an FA Cup or something, but that's not um, that. And so I'm still trying to do the final tie up on the final edit. But in happier, something that is making me happier is I'm working on um, a biography of Eric Cantona at the minute, which is like you know I just said he's my favourite ever player. So the indulgence in that is just unbelievable you know just watching his goals back and, and going over all the the things that he said and the things that he did I and mean, all the things there are so many famous quotes and then there's all this other stuff that if you just dig a little bit more um the things that aren't as well known as you know as the sort of seagulls and trolls kind of thing um such a fascinating person and um such a brilliant player that um it's a, yeah, like I say, it's an absolute indulgence and it's a, a nice tonic away from writing about the the misery side of it. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest, mate, I'm looking forward more to the Cantona book than I am the one after these last six years because I feel like I've been <laughs> living them every week. But yeah, I'm really looking forward to that, mate. Thank you so much for coming on as well. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you and keep up the good work. You guys are doing brilliant. Right, guys, as always, thank you very much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Something a little bit different from us, but I really hope you got something out of it. If you want to know more about Wayne or follow any of his books, you can head to Twitter and get his handle at, at Wayne S. Barton or head to WayneBartonBooks.com or just search on Amazon. You know, most of his books are on there. And if you want to learn more about the pod, you can head to RedVoices.net or you can come and follow us on Twitter at RedVoicesMUFC. Take care of yourselves. Bye-bye.